1: Look, ma'am, I hit the wall with uh, ignorance, and, and by the way, I don't fight uh, folks. Uh, I, I listen to the doctors. We have access and are blessed to have this platform so that tens of thousands of folks even more can hear the truth, and, and I'm so lucky to be able to get the folks from Children's. So now we're getting into a an area where parents freak out about the young ones getting the vaccine, which I can't understand. I the day they say yes will be the day we get Vince down there, my son, to get vaccinated. Uh, why? Because of the data and the science and the trust factor. I've never seen anything like this in my life, the pushback. Dr. Andrew Nowak from UPMC's Children Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases. Doctor, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on again. Well, you're the best. Hey, man, let's start this with the truth. How many vaccines will your average kid get before they're five years old, sir? How many?
0: So the key point there, Marty, and I'm glad you bring it up, is to enter school, which is why we drive vaccinations. They're going to get more than 20 different vaccinations. And that is all planned and executed (laughs) to keep them safe and save their life from preventable diseases.
1: Hold on. Just so you know this, folks, I want them to repeat this. Before most kids get into school, sir, they get 20 vaccinations even more. Absolutely. And have you ever, I mean, you get a little pushback. Folks want medical exemptions from time to time, but never the pushback we're seeing now, right? Exactly. And it's baffling to me. You know, I think that parents accept
0: school entry vaccines you know, very routinely and very well are in the state of Pennsylvania, more than 90% of people never put up a peep. And so our our kids go to school really well protected for diseases that aren't even here anymore, for the most part, tetanus and diphtheria and that. So, you know, it's a little baffling to me as it is to you, that you'd have folks who are looking at this disease that's killed almost 600 children in the
1: United States already, and have an effective vaccine and not want to protect them. So tell us what kind of vaccine they're getting because they think it's different, but it really isn't the one I got in essence. Absolutely. I mean, we have some
0: vaccines that are live viruses like the measles vaccine. We have some vaccines that are, you know, broken down pieces of viruses like the uh, you know, the uh, hepatitis vaccine or the pneumococcal vaccine. So, you know, this uh, newer vaccine is in that category of uh, broken down stuff. It only really, through the, the vaccine itself, makes the one piece of the virus called that spike protein. But as it turns out, if you can get someone to be immune to the spike protein, you can prevent 95% of infections. So it's, it's really like all the other vaccines. And honestly, we've been developing vaccines in this category of these new mRNA vaccines for more than 25 years. So none of this is new, and all of it's been looked at for a long time.
1: Dr. Andrew Nowak, UPMC Children's. Doctor, here's the other pushback I'm getting. Well, I only tested it on 2,200 kids, Marty. It ain't nothing. What do you say, doctor?
0: Well, I would say that, you know, the 2,200 kids in the study... That's a a very reasonable question to ask. You know, we've only tested it in 2,200 kids. We've tested it in the, you know, 12 to 18 age group and now millions of kids who've been receiving doses since the spring, Um, you know, and we've tested it in hundreds of millions of adults. Um, And around the world, you know, around the world, more than a billion people have received vaccines. So we have a ton of data. And someone could reasonably say, well, what if kids are completely different and that's, that's a reasonable question to ask, but none of the data coming out from that initial several thousand child trial is saying that they're going to act any differently. So we have tons of data from the older adolescents and you know, we have that in millions of children, and then we have the newer data from the five to 11 year olds. And it's safe and effective in those children. I think it's silly to say that we would have to test it in a million kids to be able to get the emergency use authorization when we've literally given a billion doses of this vaccine already around the world.
1: Dr. Andrew Nowak from UPMC, when can you expect, because I'm hearing around Halloween, when can you expect shots in arms, sir, for kids? I, I don't know. For certain. Yeah.
0: But the, the data being released today means that the next um, step is the Pfizer applying to the Food and Drug Administration for the authorization. Um, and you know they would then review the data and talk about it at a meeting and grant the EUA, which all of those things I think are going to happen without a problem. So I would guess that it will be sometime in the middle to late next month that we're going to be able to start lining kids up to get them vaccinated.
1: Look, it stands a reason, by the way, that school started, so now you're seeing a significant, like, five, six, eight-time increase in the illness. It also stands a reason that they fight it better than we do. I get it. But why the hell would someone want to risk their kid getting either extremely risk or the rare chance that they were dying by blowing this off because they're afraid of it, sir? Why? It's just really hard to understand, isn't it, Marty? I think that you and I
0: think the same thing. Mm. We have parents right now who do everything they can to get the right car seat and put on the right seat belt and make sure their kid is wearing a bike helmet and doing all of those things and then say, well, I I question this vaccine, and I don't think that this virus is that bad because, you know, not that many kids have died from it. Our goal is no kid ever to die. You know, that's the goal, and that's every good society's goal. That's a good way to measure a society, how well they're taking care of their kids. This is no different than that.
1: Dr. Andrew Nowak from UPMC's Children's Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases. Help me with something about children's and why you're seeing a record number of folks bringing their kids to Children's Hospital right now. Can you wrap your arms around that, sir? Sure. You know, we um, have had the busiest
0: September really uh, on record, and our August was equally busy. And that's... You know, in part COVID, but COVID is actually a minor part of that. You know, we uh, have had, you know, um, a variation, but, you know, low double-digit cases some days in the last few weeks. So we've had we've a few kids, but we're a 300-plus-bed hospital. Right. So all of the other business is coming from the fact that, you know, you have kids in school again. They're all next to each other. There's inconsistent mandates, mask mandates. So some viruses that had been waiting to circulate for a long time are now back in action. And so what we've seen is a tidal wave of other viruses plus COVID. So we've seen a tidal wave of respiratory syncytial virus, which we call RSV, which hits younger kids pretty hard. But a lot of like parainfluenza virus and a lot of the other respiratory viruses that typically are worse in the wintertime that right now have really filled our hospital up. It's felt a lot like February for the last
1: few weeks. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to tell people not to come to Children's because it's the best hospital on earth. But Shouldn't they call their pediatrician first, sir? Oh, absolutely. I think that we are blessed in Pittsburgh to have this network of pediatricians
0: and family medicine doctors who are really good at taking care of children. You know, we are doing everything we can to bump up our capacity. You may have seen pictures of a tent outside our ED to expand that, using all of our clinic space at night to expand it that way. But the best thing to do is to determine for a mild to moderate illness if your child needs to be seen in our emergency department. And I would go through the triage lines at your pediatrician or family medicine practice and see if they need to come in because it's best, obviously, to take care of those Minor illnesses at the pediatricians and keep our emergency department open for those children who need it the most.
1: Dr. Nowak, you're the best. It's the truth and it's spot on, and you always get right to it. I can't be more grateful. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it again. It's very important stuff. We get it. Attention
0: spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.